What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I'm Graham Ledger. Next on the Ledger Report, we are at war, ladies and gentlemen. This is a full-blown war. An all-out attack is going on at the border. The FBI is attacking private citizens. The Congress is attacking our fiscal sanity and economic well-being. And a private citizen, a former president, is being attacked through the IRS by out-of-control politicians. This is war, and the enemy is us. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked in the PC. Police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. So you've seen enough. Stop the tape. You know what's going on down along. That's somewhere around El Paso. Being absolutely overwhelmed and overrun by criminals. You're calling them criminals, Graham? Yes, I am. You know why? Because the federal statute, the federal code, 18, or I'm sorry, 8 U.S.C. 1325. 8 U.S.C. 1325, among other statutes, by the way, say that it is a crime to enter our country, our sovereign nation, illegally. And it's so funny the way politicians and even folks supposedly on the right, supposedly conservatives, supposedly patriots, paint this picture. First of all, calling them migrants. Do those people look like migrants to you? They look like an invading army to me because that's what they are. I don't care where they're from. They're not Americans. And they are entering our country illegally. That makes them foreign invaders. They are attacking our country. By the way, in those pictures you just saw, and if you're listening on, on radio, if you will, podcast, um, you heard the sound, the ambient sound. And the pictures you didn't see were thousands upon thousands upon thousands 
of illegal aliens crossing across a canal, which was built in many areas along our southern border. I am very familiar with that look because I lived many, many years along the border, both in San Diego County and Imperial County, connecting counties that, that basically run the gambit of the southern border in California, San Diego County, Imperial County. Spent most of my life along the border. And I know illegals when I see illegals. And I know a sieve when I see a sieve. In San Diego County, until about 1995, it was a sieve. There would be illegals penetrating the border on a constant basis. The Border Patrol couldn't keep up. In fact, they did bonsai runs. They called them bonsai runs, where there would be maybe about 80 or 90 or maybe 100 of these illegals, and they would run north through the northbound or southbound lanes at the border, thinking that it's the old shotgun approach, right? That a few of them will get through and some of them will get caught. And that's what happened. They did get through. Until, of course, Operation Gatekeeper complimented Bill Clinton and it secured the southern border south of San Diego. So all the activity went east, Imperial County. And again, those canals are um, a man-made barrier, but unfortunately in too many areas along our southern border, and particularly these sections in Texas that they're exploiting, they're basically on-ramps to break into our country illegal. Yes, I said it. They're breaking into our country illegally and they need to be deported per 8 U.S. Code 1325. It is a crime what they are doing. It is a crime, yet we have these people fast-forwarding directly to asylum seekers. Do those people look like asylum seekers to you? What do you see in common in that video? Again, if you're listening, I apologize, so I will answer the question because I know what I see. I see most, mostly healthy men violating our sovereignty and invading army. Isn't that what typically most countries outside of the United States, typically most countries send to war? Yes, healthy young men. That's mostly what I saw. And so what are these healthy young men? Why would they be claiming asylum? Because their country stinks? Because the country they're coming from, like Venezuela, is a full-blown Marxist country? Or El Salvador stinks? Too many Marxists there? Or Guadalajara, or, I'm sorry, um, uh, uh, Honduras? A any of these Central American or South American or Mexico? All of these countries stink. To a certain degree, they stink. And we stink in this country because we're allowing it to happen. We're allowing these invaders to violate our sovereignty. This is a crime. This is a crime against humanity. Who is the humanity that's being victimized? It's me. It's you. This is going on day in and day out down along the border. I think the number in, in 2022, I don't know if they count a fiscal year or a regular calendar year or what have you, but you're, they're measuring it now in the millions. In a single year, it's, I think it's two million that have violated our sovereignty that we know about. If you get to know anything when you live along the border, is the Border Patrol and immigration officials will tell you that's the ones that they caught. What about the ones that got away?
This is not a humanitarian problem for those people. It is a humanitarian problem for us, for the American people. Now, because of this flood of humanity, it's not just El Paso, and it's not just these border towns that are being affected. Every city in the United States is a border town now. You're seeing towns in Colorado. In fact, I think the governor of Colorado is saying, hey, we can't handle all this. They can't. We don't have the infrastructure. But they shouldn't be here in the first place. We have an administration that is putting up the neon sign that says, welcome. Come to America. Aqui. Aqui. You know, these, these holes in the fences. And if a state like Arizona happens to want to protect its sovereignty, what happens? The Biden administration sues them. Department of Homeland Security. We're eating our own, ladies and gentlemen. We're killing ourselves. The enemy is us. It's not those people at the border. Yes, technically, they are criminals. Yes, technically, they are the invading army. But it's because of this administration. It's because of the occupant of the Oval Office and all of his minions that have permeated throughout the federal leviathan. Department of Homeland Security is clearly not doing its job. So what do you do in a situation like this, right? What do you do when you have an agency whose sole mission is to protect this country that is allowing this country to be attacked? What do you do? What do you do? Well, I'll get to that in, in, in a moment. But this is one hell of a way to end a year. Because we have so many fires burning in this country, ladies and gentlemen, it is hard to keep track. And that's what they want. To them, it's their own shotgun approach or Cloward Piven, the Cloward Piven model. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I don't say Google, I try not to say Google anymore. Look it up. Pull out a, um, an encyclopedia. <laughs> of course, I'm sure they don't print encyclopedias anymore. And so Cloward Piven may not even be in there, but they were communists that came up with a, a way to destroy the United States. And that was to overwhelm the system. Well, if our system isn't overwhelmed, when you look at what's going on just in the last week or so in this country, and in the last month of the year, December of 2022, you know that our system is overwhelmed. And at some point, the system is going to break. We know that. They know that. And that's the Cloward-Piven model, that they know that the system will be overwhelmed and it will break. What you're seeing at the border is a broken system. What you're seeing in Washington, D.C. is a broken system. By design, we can easily stop what's going on at the border. All you have to do is enforce 8 U.S.C. 1325. It is a crime to do what they're doing. Yet we talk about claiming asylum and we got to get these people processed in Title 42. Title 42 is, is a great band-aid to use by an administration, Donald Trump, who was trying to do anything it could to stem the flow of illegal immigration, and it worked. But it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And if, and if people are worried about being brought into court or you know, sued for enforcing federal law, 
then, then we're really lost, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I do believe that we're at the point. We're at a breaking point. We may be past the break point. You can't, no country can survive what's going on on our border. You can't survive that. These people are not the best and the brightest. They're not being vetted. How many of them have TB? Can you answer that question? No, you can't. We know X amount have TB. What other diseases are they bringing across? This is not the way it's supposed to be done. Of course it's not. And then they're put in holding tanks, and then they're given a, a, a plane fare and a cell phone and some spending money, and off you go to Cleveland or wherever city in the interior. This is why Abbott and DeSantis were so wrong in, in, in sending these illegals to the interior of this country, because that's exactly what they want. Don't you get it? We're under attack. These people need to be removed. How many, since Biden was sworn in, how many now are in this country? Where are they? How many criminals are among them? They're all criminals by definition. How many of them have criminal records in their home country? The 14th Amendment delineates what I'm talking about. In case you want to check me and you don't even believe 8 U.S.C. 1325, you are an illegal if you are under the jurisdiction, you are not an American citizen, you're not a naturalized citizen, and you're not even in a country legally, per the United States and the 14th Amendment, if you're under the jurisdiction of another country. So you have an illegal from Honduras who comes here, violates our sovereignty, what jurisdiction are they under? United States? Texas jurisdiction? No, they're under Honduras's jurisdiction. Hold Honduras accountable. And you know what? You seal that border, where are all the refugees going to go? I don't know, and I don't care. Let Mexico handle it. It's Mexico's problem, really, isn't it? Because Mexico is allowing this to happen, and here we go again. But it's our problem. Because they're just traipsing through Mexico. They wouldn't want to stay in Mexico if it's the last country on the planet. No, they want to come here. Well, they'll get free housing, and free medical, and free phones, and free money, and free, and free, and free. Solution? Maybe. Maybe there's a solution. But I do have a, a solution to help patriots. And it is uh, a new sponsor on this program. It's called America's Best Beef Jerky. When I send out my newsletter on using Substack, I'm sure you've heard of this by now, it's where all the patriots go who have been canceled, including yours truly, um, there's a clickable in there that'll take you to americasbestbeefjerky.com. It really is wonderful stuff. I was going to have some out here, and I forgot. This is what happens when uh, I'm in charge. <laughs> Forget things. Little things fall through the cracks. I'll have some out here, and I can, you can watch me eat it. Um, it is wonderful stuff. It's Wagyu or Wagyu beef. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. You, you I'll pull up on the, the package, and it's marvelously kept moist in there. Wonderful beef jerky. Um, so you go to americasbestbeefjerky.com, put in ledger in the promo code box, and you'll get 15% off and you'll get free shipping. Now, you have to understand about this company and why we brought it on as, as one of our sponsors, because it is red, white, and blue America in the heartland of America, but they also send proceeds to try and help uh, veterans who are thinking about suicide, obviously you want to stop them from 
committing suicide. Suicide prevention is where a lot of this money goes in helping veterans overall from sales from AmericasBestBeefJerky.com. AmericasBestBeefJerky.com, Ledger in the promo code box. Also, when you go to MyPillow or my store, you can use Ledger in the promo code box there um, to uh, pick up whatever you want. Mike Lindell's got some great slippers, obviously great pillows, sheets, and what have you. And Mike Lindell is also running uh, for GOP chair, and we want to support him for that. Uh, anybody but Rana, I suppose. And, of course, this program is brought to you by Relief Factor, 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246. Please um, reach out to me at GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com, GrahamLedger411 at gmail.com. I want to hear from you on these matters. Okay, so at the border, we have a war going on. We have a war going on on our fiscal sanity in this country because it is completely insane what is going on. Here we have another omnibus filled with pork. Mitch McConnell comes out and says it's, it's the best deal uh, in, in the history since, since sliced bread and that they've got another, uh, what is it, I don't know, $40, $40 billion for Ukraine and that Mitch McConnell says it's the number one issue that Republicans care about right now is the war in Ukraine. Okay, so this guy is either insane or he's just lying through his teeth. I, I don't think he's insane. He's just lying through his teeth trying to get the, the folks who support this maniac, the man who's beyond a rhino now, he's really helping destroy this country. He's, he's really no worse or no better than Chuck Schumer. You know, he'll, he'll grandstand once in a while. He did a, a good job with judges when President Trump was in office. But this guy overall has been a disaster and has caused true harm to this country. And so thanks a lot, Kentucky, for delivering this guy. How many episodes of this guy do we have to put up with? And so he's the, uh, he's the leader among the Republicans. And so we're going to have the omnibus uh, rammed down our throat. Another $1.7 trillion in spending money that we don't have. And so this is going to destroy this country. As interest rates go up, ladies and gentlemen, this is no one's talking about this except yours truly. As interest rates go up, what happens to our national debt, which just crossed $31 trillion? What happens? Well, the service on the debt gets more expensive. So a year ago at this time, when the debt was $30 trillion, it's increased $1 trillion in, in a year. So a year ago, when it was $30 trillion, the debt service was very minimal, right? Because the prime rate was somewhere around a half a percent to a percent. Now, the prime rate is somewhere around four and a half, four, four point two five, four and a half percent. Well, uh, I went to a state university, so it takes me a little bit of time to do the math, but that's roughly 4x what it was a year ago. So our debt service is exploding. Somewhere earlier this year, the debt service was somewhere in the neighborhood of annualized, is going to, was going to be around $400 billion. Well, interest rates have more than doubled since earlier this year. So now you're talking debt service on our $31 trillion is nearing $1 trillion per annum. Let me repeat, okay? That's $1 trillion in 
debt service, that's interest on the debt per year. So in 2022, the fiscal year 2022, uh, the government took in roughly $4 trillion, but the government spent $6 trillion. So you can do the math. That's a $2 trillion debt. They like to use the word deficit because that's a short-term number, the deficit. Okay, so from an annual perspective, yes, it's a deficit of, four, of $2 trillion. $6 trillion revenues, if you will. I hate that word for government. It's not revenue. It's stealing. It's confiscation. That's what it is. Uh, I'm sorry, $4 trillion in revenue, $6 trillion in spending. It's not revenue. Revenue is what you do when you get in your car and you go to work. That's revenue. What the government is doing is thievery, is taking your hard-earned money. I'm an absolutist on this. I'm uh, in the camp of, again, I don't hear anybody talking about this, but I am, of abolishing the 16th Amendment, the, the income tax, that allowed to open the door for government to control virtually everybody in this country and to take pieces of their lives, of their hard-earned lives, and keep them forever and spend them on border security in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, that's in the omnibus. About $40 billion for border security. You read that and your eyes light up in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. And in Jordan and wherever else in the Middle East, they're, they're, they're securing the border there. But, but they're not going to spend it. In fact, they've allocated money down along the border, but it's you know, just to handle the, quote, refugees. Not the illegal aliens, not stopping them, not putting agents down there with guns. And frankly, I, you know, I've got some folks who I know who are patrolling the border and they do it on a humanitarian basis, that they're trying to stop child smuggling or women. It's all BS. I'm sorry, it is. I am ready. I don't know about you, but I am ready. I have my firearms legally in this country and I think it's time... I think it's way past time that we rotate as American citizens down there along the border and secure the border once and for all, armed, locked and loaded, ready to turn them away. Oh, Graham, that's, oh, those are pretty hard. You'll be violating federal, I don't care. I don't care. I said this during COVID. If enough people said no, to the masks on the aeroplanes, then we wouldn't have had masks on the aeroplanes. If enough people say no to our sovereignty being violated at the border, and we go down there locked and loaded, Texas is an open carry state, isn't it? I think it is. Locked and loaded down there, what are they gonna do? I'm not saying we're gonna pick off these illegals, I'm saying we're going to stand there and say, look, folks, no. Vamanos, go south, young man, go south, not north. And then we have the FBI Twitter files, largely ignored by the mainstream media, but you knew that they would, right? If a tree falls in the wood and the mainstream media is not there to see it, and it has Donald Trump's fingerprints on it, or 
it involves Donald Trump in a good way, then it didn't fall. You see, this is the greatest form of propaganda that the mainstream media has utilized since I became a young member of the mainstream media. I didn't really know it at first, but I noticed that some things were being covered and some things weren't. And it didn't really make sense to me, but now I know what was going on. Many moons later, I know that they are censoring by omission. And so if they don't cover the Twitter scandal, the collusion that transpired between the FBI and Twitter to silence any kind of negative publicity against their guy, Joe Biden. People say, why would they want to have Joe Biden in there? He's corrupt. That's why. <laughs> That's why. He's their guy. That's why. Why do you think? Why do you even have to ask that? So the mainstream media ignores the collusion, the clear collusion, beyond collusion, that transpired, that affected the outcome necessarily. You can't say it didn't affect the outcome of the 2020 election. It did. And so in that sense alone, the 2020 election, yes, Donald Trump was rigged. You are rigging, you are affecting public opinion by not allowing the New York Post story to be shared on social media, which these days is, unfortunately, a major source of news for millions, tens of millions of Americans, you are affecting the 2020 presidential race for one candidate over another. And we know it helped Joe Biden, obviously, and hurt Donald Trump. And that's what they wanted. But it was beyond, you know, if, I'm not going to go too deep into the FBI and Twitter scandal. But it's clear that the FBI, ingrained in the FBI, are these um, operatives for the Democrat Party, or anti-Trump, or anti-Republican. I'm not sure what they are. It doesn't matter, but they are clearly, they are operatives that are using their powerful positions to affect certain outcomes in this country, and, and this was one of them. What else are they doing? I don't know. They're propagandizing all kinds of things. They're doing all kinds of nefarious damage that we don't even know about to our constitutional rights. This is a private company that was being dictated to and groomed by one of the most powerful law enforcement agencies on the planet, maybe the most powerful law enforcement agency on the planet. Now that's a big deal. Heads should be rolling. It's why I believe that agencies like the FBI need to be zeroed out. And I've said this for many, many years now. Department of Justice, zeroed out. FBI, zeroed out. CIA, zeroed out. Oh, Graham, you're going you're gonna to do all that? Our, our country, our system is going to fall apart. No, it won't. No, it won't. Because we have great law enforcement at the state level, and we have some, some good law-abiding departments of justice at the state level as well. Not worried about it. And if you want to restart these programs as we zero them out and in a different manner, that I'll get to in just a second, I think, uh, great, wonderful. We, you know, we need a CIA. I'm not saying we don't need a CIA, but we don't need this kind of CIA, and we don't need this kind of FBI, and we don't need this kind of 
highly politicized DOJ. Zero them out. All of them. It is time. It is time beyond time to do that. And so that leads us to the other agency that's being politicized, as it has been in the past, Barack Obama, the IRS. So now we have a former president whose tax returns, I just glanced at uh, what appears to be a summary, I don't even know if it's accurate, of what Donald Trump paid from 2015 to, to 2020. And who cares? Who cares what Donald Trump paid in taxes? I, I could care less. You want to make it a law that you have to submit your tax returns? Fine, go ahead, make it a law. I don't agree with it. I don't know what... I understand that people are looking for what, you know, he donated to this or, you know, this cause or that cause. But again, I don't, I don't think this tells us anything more about the candidate, how much money they make or, or where their investments are than we already know. But that's not what's important here. What is important here about this, these highly politicized maniac Marxists in Congress forcing the release, forcing the IRS to release these tax returns, is that if they'll do it to Donald Trump, they'll do it to you, and they'll do it to me. Let's say uh, one of these members of Congress that I have attacked over the years is still in Congress, Adam Schiff or whoever, Ayach, says, you know, I don't like that Graham Ledger. Let's have the IRS pull his tax return and, oh, you know what? Um, we better release that to the public so everybody can see. My, this is private information. This is another reason why, in my opinion, we need to take a figurative stick of dynamite to the IRS, light the fuse, and run in the opposite direction. The IRS needs to be abolished, right along with the FBI. Repeal the 16th Amendment, and what happens to the IRS, ladies and gentlemen? If you repeal the 16th Amendment, the IRS goes away. Well, then how is the government going to function? Well, somehow, before 1913, which is when the 16th Amendment was ratified, somehow, before 1913, this government functioned. Well, we'll just have to figure out a way to function again without income tax. States in this country function without in income tax. The state I'm in right now functions without income tax. So I think the federal government could function without income tax. Am I pie in the sky? Yeah, I might be. I might be. So how do we get all this? How do we blue pencil the IRS? How do we blue pencil the FBI? How do we eliminate the Department of Justice? How do we dump the Education Department, Department of Education? How do we get rid of, how do we get rid of Health and Human Services? Imagine if Donald Trump is elected president again, and he comes in there and he tells his HHS secretary to wipe out the entire department. Hmm? What would that do to Obamacare? And all the money that's budgeted for HHS, Donald Trump says, stick it in a, in a trust fund. Or, you know, spend, you know, a lot of this is, quote, mandatory spending. But if you don't have the people, the personnel, to deploy Obamacare, what happens to Obamacare? Hmm? 
It effectively goes away. So how do we, how do we rectify the war at the border? How do we end the war at the border? It is a war. And, and, and it's not a declared war, but it is a war. How do we end this insanity? Clearly, Washington, D.C. is corrupt beyond recognition. And clearly, the corruption is never going to allow the FBI to fix itself. Is the FBI going to fix itself? No. Never. Is the DOJ going to become unpoliticized? No. Never. Is DHS going to unwind itself from this hyper-political state it's in? No. It's never going to happen. Are members of Congress on both sides of the aisle ever going to stop deficit spending? No. There is only one way to fix this now. And it's an Article 5 Convention of the States. That's it. It fixes all this stuff if we have the gumption to trigger it. 19 states have signed on. We need 34, 38 to ratify any kind of amendment to the Constitution. And by the way, flip that over, okay? 38 to ratify. So people worried about the Second Amendment. All it would take is 13 states to say no, okay? So California comes out. You have, you have the nutcase governor. He would probably appoint himself to the, uh, uh, to the convention. He's so narcissistic, he would do that. And he would come up with this great idea of repealing the Second Amendment. All it would take is 13 states to say, no way, Gavin Newsom, it's not going to happen, bam, end of story. But what we could get, what we could get are term limits, not just for Congress, but for all federal workers, including Supreme Court justices, by the way. Term limits would end much of this mayhem. If you term limited and you still had the IRS, I want to get rid of it, but let's say it still existed. Then you don't have these maniacs ensconced in there. And you don't have them ensconced in the FBI because they're only in there for two years and they're gone. Or whatever the term limit is. They don't have time to be able to do this. For Congress, I like one and you're done. Some people like two terms. Okay, you know, I could live with that. But this would, this would also, by the way, affect lobbying. You can't have somebody in your back pocket if you know they're only going to be there for a year or two or a term or two. It's not going to happen. Lobbying is going to largely go away if you had strict term limits. And if you threw in this uh, a balanced budget amendment, a requirement to balance the budget, then what happens to the debt? It doesn't explode anymore. A balanced budget amendment is among the items that are on the table. And so what do you do about the border? Well, I've got some ideas. I don't have a perfect solution. I'm all ears. But I know one thing. I know we've got to take it away from the politicians. Patrolling our border has got to be taken away and it's got to be depoliticized because that's what it is right now. It's hyper-politicized by this administration. And so if we put it in the hands of the military, for example, it's less politicized. I'm not saying there's no politics in the military. I know there is. There's plenty of it. But we also know what the mission of our military is, and that's to defend this country and defend our borders. So it kind of makes sense to give the military at least a piece of control. My other 
chunk of it is to allow the border state governors. And yes, this would include Newsom. I know that. But I don't, I don't know, have a great formula here. But the border state governors to have a hand in controlling the border. So when Arizona puts up this stupid, these stupid containers along the border, I mean, I, I know what they're trying to do. But the illegals are using the containers to, to live in them. It's just not the greatest idea in the world, okay? Build a wall, put a moat, put machine guns. Machine guns make more sense than containers, okay? What's wrong with machine gun turrets? Huh? Oh, well, you're militarizing the border, Gramps, so. So, it's under attack. It's a war zone. And we have to fight fire with fire. And if we send the message that you're going to be shot at, if you come into like a DMZ zone, and by the way, along San Diego, to kind of close the circle, is, it is a double layer fence. And so there's a main fence that goes along TJ, Tijuana, right? Goes about 15 miles from the Pacific Ocean to the airport, Aeropuerto in TJ. And then there's a secondary fence, and it's created a no man's land of about, it's probably 50 yards between the, the primary fence and the secondary fence. And so the Border Patrol drives along this no man's land where there's nothing going on. There's no violations of our sovereignty going on because it's secure. But what if you had, I mean, I know the agents are armed, but they're not really armed. And what if we just had, you know, searchlights and, and gun tours? Why not? Oh, Graham, that's radical. What are you, you're describing Stalag 13. Okay, it's a war. What are you supposed to do with a war? These are, in my mind, logical, patriotic solutions that will never, ever, ever emanate out of Washington, D.C., ever. The only place we will get this solution and these solutions is from you and me in triggering Article 5. The framers of the Constitution put it in there for a reason. The Constitution has been amended 27 times, all with method number one. Method number two, a convention of the states, has never been triggered. The framers put it in there in uh, the Federalist Papers. It was Hamilton who, who wrote about having this safety valve in there for a reason, for the people, when government has gone rogue. Our government has gone rogue, and it's time to pull the ripcord because we are at war, and the enemy is us. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.